0: Well, I got some big career news this week. I've been invited to host the Galactic Empire's reality dating show. Mm. And the winner of this show gets to go on a date with Padme. And I figured since you two are my best friends, I'd give you the opportunity to enter early and you get priority selection, obviously, because I'm the host. Um, But the catch is contestants can only enter at a different stage of Anakin's life. So you can enter as young boy Anakin puberty teenager anakin or uh arrogant adult anakin so if you guys are going to enter who do you what okay. stage do you think you'd enter as
1: i think i'm going to enter as angsty genocidal murderer anakin
0: <laughs> i think you've got a pretty good shot of winning winning with that i think so too i mean that's when they fell in love so
2: <laughs> True. keith
0: what about you who
1: do you think you can embody
2: yeah, I think I'll enter as the arrogant older Anakin. Ooh.
1: Oh, I was expecting maybe you would be the young boy, aka not a slave, Anakin.
2: <laughs> but I like I like arrogant older Anakin. I got to say, he he's just you know, hair. he's pretty he's pretty confident. He's jealous. You you will not take her from me.
0: <laughs> yeah,
2: uh, Austin, you be
1: Padme and ask us a question like we're on the panel, and we'll just kind of go yeah, from there. We have to good. we have to be in the moment. We have
0: to be in the moment. I've recently found out that I'm pregnant. How would you take this news? Mm. Teenage Anakin, we'll go to you first. If I found out you were pregnant,
1: I would be in agony. (laughs) And I would ask your little baby bump, if you're suffering in that womb as much as I
0: am, please tell me. (laughs) Alrighty, an arrogant adult Anakin, how would you handle the situation? Is it Obi-Wan's? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of the Arnie's. We are three Jedi younglings with nothing better to do. I'm Austin Terry, and I'm joined by my best pals, Matt Johnson and Keith Baker. Matt, how's it going? It's going good, going good. Happy to be back. It's an
1: exciting day, people. You know, we started this journey by reviewing the original Star Wars trilogy, and wow, what a treat. And here we are. We're already done with the prequels, so it can only get better from here, right? Oh, it doesn't? Okay, well, fine. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Keith is back. We're so happy your departure is shorter than we thought it would be. How you doing? Yay. We missed you last
2: week. Appreciate it, guys. Yeah, it's good to be back. I was getting worried that I was going to miss this episode. So We I'm couldn't excited. have been without you. It just I don't think it would have felt right.
0: Today, we are back to our Star Wars series, and we are officially done with the prequels, as Matt said, and we are getting into episode three, revenge of the sith this film has been called everything from a masterpiece to a molten pile of garbage either way just like anakin must become Vader, we got to talk about it matt give us some thoughts so we can get right into it yeah this one's an
1: interesting one i feel like i'm excited to break it down because i think this one is kind of universally accepted to be the best of the prequels certainly you know not everybody feels that way but that kind of seems to be what most people think um And yeah, I hadn't watched it in a while, and certainly I would say the first half of this movie is pretty by far and away, you know, the best thing about the prequels. Once it gets into that second half, I think we kind of go back to some Attack of the Clones, Phantom Menace type feelings. Um, But overall, I I do think it is the best movie of the three, and I did enjoy watching it. Um, So yeah, I'm excited to break this one down because I think there's certainly a lot to get to.
2: All right,
0: well, let's start, as always, with our movie facts, and let's get into this cast. We don't really have any newcomers this time around. Um, we do have Ian McGregor returning as Obi-Wan Kenobi, Hayden Christensen returning as Anakin Skywalker, Natalie Portman returning as Padme, Ian McDermott returning as Chancellor Palpatine, and then this movie is written and directed solely by George Lucas this time. Ah, no Jonathan Hales? No Jonathan Hales. George <laughs> Lucas kicked uh, him off and said, I'll write that romance by myself. And then this is scored by John Williams.
1: Yeah, not much new here, obviously. They didn't really introduce any major things. I think the time jump is only like three years, so they didn't need any new actors or anything. So,
2: I guess uh, just uh, Jimmy Smits kind of has a bigger role in this one. Oh, playing, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I Senator, forgot he was uh, in
1: Attack of the Clones. But yeah, you're right. He definitely has a pretty important role. Not a huge role, but an important one in this yeah. movie, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I couldn't find a whole lot of interesting stuff about the production of this movie. Strangely enough, though, there was like a whole lot about what Lucas decided to take out of this film. Um, so he started writing this movie before they even started work on Attack of the Clones. And originally he wanted to open with like a montage of various Clone War battles. He wanted to do seven battles on seven different planets. Uh, But instead, he decided the movie needed to focus more on Anakin, which is why we open the way we do. See, that's so interesting because this is like what we've been talking about. That idea that you just said
1: should have been the second movie. Attack of the Clone should have been the first one. What you just said should have been the second one because now he's at the third one. He can't go. He can't deviate from the Darth Vader stuff unless he makes it. I agree. So it kind of there. I feel like that kind of validates what we were talking about. It just feels like they picked the wrong periods of time for these movies.
0: He also had plans to answer the mystery of why Kamino was wiped from the archives, um, but he scrapped that once they decided to focus more on Anakin. Um, They were also going to have Palpatine have a scene where he reveals that he personally created Anakin through the Metachlorians and the Force, but he cut that out as well. And that should have been in there. There was also supposed to be a scene where Qui-Gon Jinn appears as a Force ghost and communes with Yoda, but that didn't happen. Um, that would have made sense too because it, isn't it like a little bit weird at the end yeah. when it's just end, yeah. brought up we'll, we'll get to <laughs> that um, and then Gary Oldman was supposed to voice General Grievous yes. in this film That's but right. because of another conflict with the Screen Actors Guild uh, he couldn't do it so I feel like like if George Lucas had just resolved his differences with the Screen Actors Guild this franchise would be completely different
1: I mean I respect the hell out of him say what you want um, about his movies or whatever but the fact that he was able to make all of these movies still happen and still get some cool stuff in there, in my opinion, without having all of the, I guess, access to actors, directors, and writers from all these guilds. I think it's cool that he made it work. Would we have gotten better movies had things been different? Probably, but I still respect that he was able to make Lucasfilm what it is without that help. It's kind of cool.
0: Yeah, I think it's cool he was able to do it. he has been able to do, obviously, but, I mean, who knows what this franchise would look like if he just resolved some of those differences.
1: Yeah, and also to that point, I mean... If things had been different and maybe that had led to better prequels like better movies, I don't see any reason why would he would have sold to Disney. That's so true. I think he yeah. probably Dang. I think he would have I don't think he would have done it himself, but I think we would have seen the sequel trilogy that he had pitched and that he had written and somebody else would have directed it. I definitely think that would have happened. So that's another kind of interesting thing about his out working with the guilds.
0: Um, okay, so this film comes out. It makes $868 million worldwide against a $113 million budget. It currently has an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes, um, and, and this one is very well received by critics overall. Um, many consider this the best of the prequels. Um, as always, critics praise uh, the technical and visual effects. Uh, they actually praise the story in this film and the character development, which I was surprised to see. Um, they felt George Lucas tied it into the originals very well. And a couple said, this wasn't just a good Star Wars film. This is just a good movie in general. Um, and then also some people called it George Lucas's masterpiece. Um, however, not all <laughs> critics liked it. Um, some felt it was all spectacle and no story. Uh, Hayden, Chris- Hayden Christensen's performance was criticized, as was the failure to address some of the plot holes from the from the earlier movies in the prequels. Um, And some also felt the entire cast gave uh, flat performances, with one going so far as to say this should have just been a silent film. (laughs) That's a little Uh, dramatic.
1: (laughs) It's funny because I don't love this movie. Like, I I enjoy it a lot i don't think i don't love it as like you know a master work or masterpiece of film but everything you just said all the positive stuff i found that i actually agree with and all the negative stuff i actually disagreed with (laughs) so even though i don't like love love this movie i I definitely
2: yeah i don't really like a lot of what was just said there (laughs) yeah right off the bat i think hayden christensen definitely improved his performance
1: I think he's good he's in this. I like him ones, in this movie.
2: Yeah. I do not think he's good in this. <laughs> I'm not saying like excellent. I'm just saying he improved from the last one. I think he improved a lot.
0: I feel like he pretty much gives the same performance he did in the first one until the final act. I think he does I think he's good in the final act, but I think everything up until then is the same the same type of stuff he did in the in the second movie.
1: I would argue he's great in every scene he's in. The scenes except the scenes with Padme. Whenever it gets back to the really bad romance, and that's yeah. when it feels like
0: Attack of the Clones. I think everything yeah, else okay. is really I agree cool. Yeah, I would agree. But with we'll that. get to it. We'll get to it. All right, let's get into this first act now. Ooh,
1: this first act
0: is awesome. <laughs> I love this. <laughs> we learn in the opening crawl that the Republic is at war. Um, the Republic has come under attack from Count Dooku, and Chancellor Palpatine has been kidnapped by General Grievous. The film opens in the middle of a space battle above Coruscant. Obi and Anakin crash land on the Dooku's ship and rescue Palpatine. Uh, Anakin reunites with the pregnant Padme and has visions of her dying in childbirth. Anakin is granted a seat on the Jedi Council, but is not made a master. And the Council tasks Anakin with spying on Palpatine. Uh, so let's first start with that, that sequence on General Grievous's ship in the opening space battle. It's awesome. This is awesome. The way this this movie opens is probably the best opening um, of any of the films that we've seen, I would say. I think I even like it more than Hoth.
1: Oh. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I I think I prefer the practicalness of Hoth, but as a sequence, I think this is maybe better. I think I might agree just because it's so awesome. I think we complained last time about – and we will get into it. I do have complaints with it in this movie as well, but not as much – But like last week we talked about, we don't know Anakin and Obi-Wan's relationship. This opening scene with them kind of communicating while they're both flying was exactly what we talked about, in my opinion, with Luke and Han in the beginning of Empire. How you just feel it. These are friends. I it. Just by little conversations. This scene right here alone is already like, I get their relationship. I get it. I get what's going on. Their interplay is awesome. You see how Anakin, they show visually. They don't tell you. They show you how kind of different he is, like how his first instinct is to just shoot the droids (laughs) off of Obi-Wan's ship. And Obi-Wan's like, what the fuck are you thinking? You're going to kill him. He's like, "Ah, I'm sorry, master. Then he tries to like nudge them off. Like this is a great sequence. Um, And I I just love the line. And I think it's perfectly delivered and and makes me like fist pump because I think Caden Christian is so much better in this movie. I just love whenever he's like smiling. He's like, this is where the fun begins. I'm like, oh, this is awesome, dude. I, I love this whole sequence. It's awesome.
0: Yeah, Anakin Anakin as a conf, as a confident pilot is probably the best the best Anakin Skywalker you get in these films, I think. Uh Hayden I Christensen a does a great job there. of like showing how much Anakin loves to fly. Um I do think mm-hmm. I do think Hayden like Hayden Christensen shows that very well through his emotions and the way he plays those portions of his role.
1: I know. Yeah. And then whenever they uh he tells him that the shields are still up, <laughs> and then he blows <laughs> off the shields. <laughs> and Dude, when they land in there, and then Obi Wan fucking front flips out of the cockpit, yeah, that's and so then cool. just yeah. swinging
2: his lightsaber immediately. Oh, oh man, I remember seeing them for the first time in theaters as a kid, and I was like, "Holy shit, that was one of the coolest openings ever out of the prequels."
0: I think it's also really funny how like Obi Wan does that sweet front flip out of the ship, and then it pans to Anakin, and he's like taking off his seatbelt, like, gets out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like. On this
1: viewing, especially, it feels like Obi Wan has kind of in a in some interesting ways taken like after Anakin a little bit. I feel like maybe his time with Anakin has made him s- certainly softened. I think since Attack of the Clones, and I mean he he's kind of like a little bit cocky in this movie, which well, I kinda even, thought was kind of
0: cool. They even clear to state that this whole plan, like the assault on Dooku's ship, was Obi Wan's idea too. Right, that's true. Hmm. Which does it does seem like a plan Anakin would have come up with?
2: Yeah, it feels like Obi Wan. I think it's definitely established established in this movie that Obi Wan is more of like the field agent out of the council. Like they're always sending him off to do all the missions, and all the other all the other guys are still sitting there. Like, let's send Master Kenobi to do it. Yeah, send Kenobi. Okay, and he's just like, "Fine, I guess." (laughs) I just got back. (laughs) I just got. Yeah, this guy's always on the road. I remember
1: whenever we got to Count Dooku in this sequence, I was surprised. I was like, "Oh, we're here already." Well, before we
0: get to Count Dooku, um, we're quickly introduced to General Grievous. And the only thing I want to ask, why does Grievous have a cough? Why does he have a cough? He's a droid. He doesn't have lungs. Well, they do establish that
1: he does have internal organs. Why does he? I don't know. Like, they show that weird scene where Obi-Wan pries open his armor and you see, like, he has organs. I don't know why. (laughs) Obviously, there must be some explanation in lore. I don't know what it is, um, but it is annoying. Does it give him kind of like, you know, an interesting character trait? Sure. But ultimately, it's kind of just like, it's not that cool for me to not get annoyed when he's just coughing the entire movie. I just
0: found
2: myself laughing. I forgot <laughs> he had it. Yeah. When I, when I, I, I forgot about it, too, and like, <laughs> it made no sense when I was watching it. Jedi's. <laughs> <laughs> to my collection. <laughs> <laughs> it's
1: like, God. Also, if he has lungs, how is he able to go out into space? I don't know.
0: Yeah. Um, and weird. then the other thing before we get to the Dooku fight is usually I'm a big fan of R2, but I do feel like there's just a little too much R2 content in this opening sequence for me.
1: So, Devil's Advocate,
0: this is the only R2 stuff. That's but true. I also...
1: I also see what you're saying because it is it is probably still too much. Now I know some people complain about him having the jet boosters, but for me, it's like we saw that in Attack of the Clones, so I don't care. But it is shocking a little bit to see him spew the oil, then light it on fire, and you just watch these <laughs> droids burn to death. I think it's kind of cool, yeah. But it it is it is shocking because it's like we've never seen anything from R two like that. But you know, I get I get your point that it might be too much. <laughs>
0: Um. So they do eventually catch up to where Palpatine is being held, and Duku enters the room and ambushes them, and they get a little bit of a redo of the fight from Attack of the Clones. Although it's a very short fight here,
2: and they do it, they do it better this time. They're like, let's take them together this time. Oh, that was agree. awesome. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And
1: then I love Anakin's. Like, I, I was just about to say that. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> and Duku does like a little Obi-1 front is flip. the one, like. <laughs> That was terrible. That was the first thing. This was the first thing in the movie that's a mistake. (laughs) (laughs) That looked really bad. (laughs) Um, But this was cool. I mean, obviously, there are a lot of fights in this movie. I think we'll get to, which is our favorite. I think they kind of spent most of their time clearly on the Anakin versus Obi-Wan fight. Um, This one's cool, though. It's not long, but it is cool to see, you know... Kind of like, this is the closest thing we're going to get to the Darth Maul fight, because in Attack of the Clones, they barely, they don't even fight together. And in this one, we at least get a little bit of, like, fighting at the same time. Obi-Wan does get his ass kicked pretty quickly. For a Jedi Master, he ends up unconscious quite a bit. Yeah. Yeah. You see? Here's the first thing. I kind of feel for Anakin, man. Why isn't this guy a master? You know what I mean? <laughs> Obi-Wan's not that great at fighting,
0: but uh, he does have the high ground. Not so that great at that. flying, either. No. No. <laughs> Um, okay, so Anakin does eventually get the upper hand on Count Dooku. Dude, and how cool is that? Grabbing his arms, blocking it,
1: and then just sliding his blade down, and then just yeah. like, basically just like turning his wrist, and then he just cuts off both his hands.
2: And then catches like, his lightsaber. And, then and Christopher
1: Lee's reaction confusion. is just like, oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then, yeah, so this is kind of like, it's weird, because up until this point in the movie, like, I love all the Anakin and Obi-Wan interplay. Also, that elevator sequence, so badass, when Anakin jumps out, and then Obi-Wan's stuck in the elevator, and then he does the flips and all that cool stuff. Mm. So, it's like, ah, Anakin's awesome. I love Anakin. And then we get to this scene, it's like, oh, wait, that's right. He's going to be a bad guy. And then he literally decapitates this prisoner, just because his old friend, (laughs) Palpatine, goes, do it. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. <laughs> tells him to but again that's anakin you know he isn't good at making decisions in the moment clearly and uh yeah this is the first kind of inkling or reintroduction to like oh yeah this guy is gonna go down a dark path and obviously dooku had to die so that anakin is even a
2: possibility to be an apprentice to palpatine uh, yeah so. i love that look that dooku gives palpatine yeah yeah pretty pretty scary he's like kill him Kill him now. And he just looks at him like, oh, what? what are you, why are you saying that? <laughs> yeah. Do it.
0: Uh, so before they can escape Dooku's ship with Palpatine, uh, General Grievous does catch up to them. And then they briefly have a little duel with Grievous and his droid forces.
1: And again, another cool moment on the way whenever they get captured of like the whole Anakin and Obi-Wan dynamic being flipped is they get caught in the ray shields and um obi Wan's the one like how'd this happen we're smarter than this then anakin's like no, hold up you know let's be let's be
0: patient it's like it's gonna be fine it's like oh this is kind of cool so it's like they've kind of they've kind of learned from each other over the years however. i kind of felt like anakin was like almost making fun of obi in this scene maybe
1: a little bit he's maybe like maybe jabbing him i'm thinking a little. patience
0: nice. master or maybe he's trying to show off for palpatine <laughs> your precious
1: know. patience <laughs> 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 i don't
0: know <laughs> yeah, so you're right. They
1: have the Grievous interaction, which has some pretty cool choreography. I, I always like watching the Obi-Wan scene where he fights those droids with like the purple electricity stick things that he cuts off the head, but then it's still alive. Like, There's some cool stuff here.
0: Um, and a quick note on that choreography, Matt. Um, apparently Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor uh, didn't use any stunt doubles for this film, and they also yeah. trained together like trained together on all their dual scenes, like for months before this movie even started. So they like put a lot of time in to make sure all the fighting looked good in this film.
1: Yeah. I remember watching like this DVD just constantly after it came out to the point that I was like, I guess I'll watch the behind the scenes and I remember there being like hours of content. And that was one of the big ones. They always talked about how Ewan McGregor and Hayden Christensen did every single bit of fighting. You see they're doing it, um, which is pretty cool. And you can tell because it allows them to do some cool close-ups and uh do some cool shots it's actually them we will get to parts of the movie where that wasn't so good <laughs> i did not love seeing mace windu versus palpatine <laughs> but for that same reason where it was cool
0: for um guna gregor and hayden Christensen, not so cool for old men but we'll get to that all right so they do eventually crash land grievous's ship onto coruscant um as and grievous escapes um Obi-Wan lets Anakin be the hero and take the credit um, before the Senate and the Council, which I thought was kind of a nice moment between Obi and Anakin. Um, so now, let's move to Anakin and his relationship with the Council. Um, but before we go there, let's touch on Anakin and Pat reunion, where she reveals that she's pregnant.
1: I guess we kind of knew this was coming at some point.
0: <laughs> so, she's
1: pregnant and...
0: Mainly mainly let's just touch on the visions that he's having. So he's having these visions where he sees her dying in childbirth with this kind of like the catalyst for the rest of this movie.
1: Yeah. And,
0: uh, you know, kind of reestablishes that. I mean, this is what happened
1: whenever he had dreams about his mom. And then that led to their adventure in attack of the clones where she died. And obviously once these visions start happening again, he's going to do what he can to make sure that doesn't happen. Um, Kind of making the audience understand maybe why this would be the reason why Jedi are probably not supposed to have attachment because I guess a lot, I don't know if they all do, but clearly a decent amount have the gift of foresight. So if you can predict that kind of stuff, then it's like, Oh, I guess that's the reason why. So yeah, I mean, cool reintroduction makes sense why he's at least some stuff gets kind of, I think rushed later, but at least the catalyst, like you said, totally makes sense. I mean, he's having these dreams again. She's dying. He's not going to let that happen and he's scared.
0: I do hate every minute of this conversation, though, when he goes, Padme, you look so beautiful. Yeah. And then she the goes, it's because I'm in love with you. Which, okay, so that is terrible line.
1: But at least if they had left it there, our only criticism would have been uh, just a cliche line. But then, then the next line is Hayden Christensen goes like this. <laughs> no, it's because so in love with you <laughs> i'm like oh oh i can't do this right now and it's so sad because i've loved him in this movie up until this point but this scene is oh it's just attack of the clones flashbacks for me
0: natalie portman's a good actress what is she doing Not here in these <laughs> like-
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah she's one of the best actors i feel like working today but for whatever reason i think it, it's gotta just be the dialogue i mean that's been criticized in all of these movies i think it's kind of what makes sense i just don't think she could make it work like pretty much 90 percent, i think of the actors in this trilogy couldn't so but it's unfortunate
0: um okay so anakin does meet with yoda about some of his premonitions so the main reason i want to touch on this is because yoda also then goes on to say when you die you become part of the force which is like a totally new impreta- interpretation of the force than we've seen in the rest of these movies i do think this is I guess it's kind of what we've seen before. I think
1: that's the idea of Obi-Wan in A New Hope. I think he dies and becomes one with the Force. So I guess that's what he's saying. Um, but at the same time, I don't have a problem with that. What I have a problem with, again, we talked about this in the last movie. Are they just giving this guy a pass because he's the chosen one? Because how does Yoda not freak the fuck out when he hears Anakin saying this? Like, it'd be one thing if... Because it was different in Attack of the Clones. Because Anakin was in a unique situation where he wasn't an orphan, he was taken off of Tatooine, he had a mother, and so obviously they're going to turn to be a Jedi. They don't feel good about it because of all the baggage. But then, you know, ten years later, when he starts to have visions about his dying mom, they can't be mad at him. That's not his fault. He didn't do anything wrong. Like, his mom is dying, um, and he did something about it, did something really bad. In this movie, it's different, because now his mom's dead. So there's nobody else he should be attached to. And it's not like – if it was Obi-Wan, Anakin would have been like, I'm having dreams that Obi-Wan's dying. Instead, he doesn't get any names. No names. And Yoda's like, he doesn't care.
2: What? How does he not say anything? I, I don't I get think this. him and Mace Windu, especially Mace Windu. They're garbage. Definitely, they're garbage. They're de- garbage. Well, <laughs> no. <laughs> well, Mace Windu definitely doesn't trust Anakin. I mean, he That's, even, he even it. says it. <laughs> and – yeah, and in the first and second one, he's always just kind of like, no, I don't like this. Like, We're not sending him anywhere. No, he's not it's ready. It's tough, man. And it's just that. tough. But yeah, I think the only reason they keep him around is because of the prophecy. And because it sucks, though, because come around. Anakin, for better or worse, he's made a lot
1: of mistakes. But in this moment, he's clearly asking for help. He's clearly, he's not going to do something drastic at this time in order to stop Padme from dying. Should he have been more forthcoming? Maybe. But at the same time, when he's going saying, I'm having dreams that someone's going to die. And the the response is, dying is just another part of life. It's like, well, what am I supposed to do with that? You know? (laughs) It's just, I get what you're saying. And I agree. I do think they give him a pass on everything because they believe he's the chosen one. But at the same time, it's like, you got to at least give him an inch. Sometimes you got to at least give him a little bit of help <laughs> and don't get mad when he freaks out whenever you're going to be a like, no, you're not a master. Like there's so much shit that he goes through that I actually kind of feel bad at some point.
0: So let's get into his relationship with the rest of the council. Um, so Palpatine requests that Anakin represent him on the council. And then the council grants him a seat, um, a seat at the council, but does not make him a master, which really pisses Anakin off.
2: What? This is
0: outrageous. <laughs> This is embarrassing.
1: Yeah, um, I actually really like this. Like this whole like confluence of events. I like the idea that Palpatine is in such a position of power that he's like, "You're going to be my representative on the council." Obviously, that's going to piss people off. But Anakin's excited about the opportunity, and then whenever he's told, "Oh yeah, yeah, you can be on the council, but you're not a master," it's like, oh, like I actually agree. I mean, I don't think there's anything wrong with what they're saying. And Obi-Wan even says after, look, I know it sucks, but you're the youngest person ever to be on the council. So that's an honor in and of itself. Like, you will be a master at some point. There's no doubt about that. It's just you've got to give it a bit more time. So I like all this stuff.
0: Master, I've been arrogant and disrespectful of your teachings. <laughs> I apologize. We're not there yet. <laughs> <laughs> He's overly critical. <laughs>
2: But yeah, this is when they really start really suspecting that there's something up with Palpatine.
1: Yeah, so this kind of works twofold. This is when they start suspecting Palpatine, and then this is where Palpatine's really, really starting to make his final push to make Anakin come under his wing. So pretty cool on both sides, in my opinion.
0: So with his new position on the council, Anakin is asked to spy on Palpatine, um, which Anakin feels goes against the Jedi code.
1: Yeah, and not only that, I think Anakin's smart enough to know, oh, so I think he was kind of seeing what Obi-Wan was saying. I think when Obi-Wan told him, look, it sucks you're not a master, but at least you're on the council, I think Anakin did hear that. And he was like, okay, that's true. But then whenever Obi-Wan's like, you need to spy on him, I think Anakin's smart enough to know, oh, so they don't even want me on the council. They just want me to spy on him. So I think that's kind of like another, that's another like gut punch to him, I think. So it's a tough spot for him to be in. Because he clearly wants to be a good Jedi. He respects the Jedi um, to a degree. But, I mean, this is kind of a, a tough ask. So,
0: And even though, like, the, the dialogue is terrible, you can tell Anakin still respects Obi-Wan, too. And, like, he doesn't really get upset with Obi-Wan for making this request. He just feels it's not a request the council should be making of him. Right. And I do like the end of this scene whenever... Um, what is it?
1: I don't remember the exact back and forth, but basically, Anakin's like, "How could you ask this of me?" And Obi Wan's like, yeah. he looks really sad. But Obi Wan's like, "The Council is like, it's not me, it's the Council." And it's kind of like, Ugh, there's another great moment of like their relationship. And I think um, the movie only had like pre him becoming Darth Vader. I think there's only one moment where he does like that bullshit from Attack of the Clones, where he's just like, "Obi Wan, I hate him." There's only like one moment with Padme where he's like something. He says something about Obi Wan, but other than that. I feel like their relationship in this movie is pretty solid.
0: All right. So let's now go to Anakin and Palpatine's relationship. Um, Palpatine tells Anakin he believes the Jedi are trying to vie for control of the Republic and move against him. He also tells him that the Sith and Jedi are very similar and that he knows of a Sith who was once able to save people from dying, which is very intriguing to Anakin.
1: Yeah, that's my favorite scene in the movie. Maybe might be my favorite whenever uh, he goes to meet palpatine at the opera and it's just so like such a cool design i feel like the production design here and the cg is so cool I, and speaking of the cg wow in three years from attack of the clones i feel like 95 percent of the cg in this movie like holds up to a pretty amazing degree like I feel yeah like this it movie looks, looks pretty looks awesome
0: really good and to your point matt i do like this too because it does make palpatine like seem really cunning and you can tell mm-hmm. like palpatine is very manipulative but then also really smart with the way he uses his jedi like influences and that sort of stuff yeah Sith and it's influences. also cool
1: because he's telling from what seems to be he's telling what seems to be a true story about him killing his master um which anakin doesn't know that yet but um it's also cool because he's telling anakin exactly what he knows he needs to hear um and th- again i keep ta- i feel like the dialogue is not always great, but I feel like they always end these scenes really well. Like I just talked about the Obi Wan line. This one is like just one of the, my favorite Star Wars lines. Whenever Anakin he he hears this entire story, and Anakin's like basically his only reaction is like, "Of course. You know, is it possible to learn this power?"
2: And then I love Palpatine like,
1: "Not from a Jedi." Yeah, it's like it's awesome.
2: <laughs> Let's dig into that story real quick with about Darth uh, Plagueis and how he killed Darth Plagueis and all that. And- he was explaining the power of Darth Plagueis and the power of the dark side and how uh, Darth Plagueis was able to manipulate many chlorines to create life. So remember, Anakin didn't have a dad. He was created out of immaculate conception or whatever.
1: Yeah. I, well, like Austin said, I guess they deleted the scene where that was explicitly said. But I think this is. Yeah, I think you're right. I think this was. The yeah, I think they're just trying get to, get to apply it here. Yeah. And I think Darth Plagueis may have been involved in that, too. I think, like, Sidious and Plagueis may have brought Anakin into the world. And then I think maybe it was after that that he killed Plagueis. I'm not 100% sure. Either way, the story is awesome. I think it's really cool. And Mm -hmm. it's acted really well, too. I mean, it's terrifying. But also, again, it's a moment where you go, if I was Anakin and I was having these dreams again about someone else in my family, that would be pretty interesting to hear (laughs) that story. (laughs) Might, you know, flip some switches in your head. So, you know.
0: All right, uh, well, the first the first act does conclude uh, with Yoda leaving to help the Wookiees on Kachik and Obi leaving for Utapah with a clone fleet to pursue General Grievous. I guess you could, you, know,
1: you could say this is Anakin and Obi-Wan's last scene together because the next time they're back together, it's Obi-Wan and Darth Vader. But I like this last scene. I like this is the scene we were making fun of a little bit. The beginning of it is a bit shaky where he's like, Master, I've been arrogant. I haven't appreciated your teachings <laughs> and I apologize. But then I think Ewan McGregor kind of takes that and like you know turns it into something good. He's like, you know, he tells him he is proud of him like This is kind of like in contrast to the Attack of the Clones, Obi-Wan, which we kind of joked about. is like last time we talked is such a shitty mentor. I mean, you have to... I, I, obviously, what Anakin does is unforgivable in Attack of the Clones. But his relationship with Obi-Wan, I mean, you get why it's strained. I mean, Obi-Wan's not a good teacher. Like, he's not the kind of person... He just tells you how shitty you are at something. And even if you do something good... For whatever reason, it's just not good enough. But in this movie, even a few years later, it's changed. And I love seeing Obi-Wan tell Anakin that he is proud of him and that he does feel bad that the council doesn't view him the way that he views him and that he will be a master someday. And it's a really kind of, you know, it's a bittersweet final scene because I think he means everything he says. And we know when he gets back, things are a bit different. So I do like this final scene and we get the, you know, the cliche, may the force be with you, you know, but still. That's Star Wars, so it's pretty cool. I like this scene.
0: Yeah, I think we needed this scene to really, like, buy into the emotional impact of the final scene of this movie. Yeah, I agree. I agree. All right, let's get into the second act. Um, Obi-Wan tracks General Grievous to Utapu where they duel, um, <laughs> <Utapu>. <laughs> such a funny name. Um, Anakin continues to be manipulated by Palpatine and discovers that he is a Sith Lord. Anakin reports this news to Mace Windu who attempts to arrest Palpatine. Anakin saves Palpatine and turns to the dark side. Palpatine gives the infamous order 66 to the clone army. So yeah, so let's get in, let's get into Utapu and General Grievous. um, Obi-Wan basically arrives on this planet. The leadership tells him we're being held captain and Grievous is here. Uh, he pretends to like send his plane back to meet with the clone army, but he stays secretly on the planet. And then he rides a fucking gecko to go after <laughs> General Grievous. It's so weird, dude. I hate I hate this entire second act here, especially all the Utapu stuff. That's
1: what I assume you were talking about at the beginning when you said that you didn't like the middle. I feel, I feel like this is the weakest stuff and I feel like most of it's because they had... They had to introduce something to take Obi-Wan away from Anakin. So what did they choose? They chose General Grievous. I just don't yeah. think he's interesting enough or even cool enough to justify Obi-Wan not being with Anakin. But again, it's a prequel, so he can't be. I just don't think it's that interesting. And I agree. I don't really love the Utapah stuff. I think the Order 66 there is cool. But the culmination and the final fight between Obi-Wan and Grievous isn't great, in my opinion.
0: I don't really like any of the Grievous stuff, and just I think Grievous is a very silly villain as well. So yeah, he kind of sucks. It yeah. feels like George Lucas just really wanted a uh, Obi Wan riding a gecko action figure to put on
2: shelves, <laughs> so that's nice. what we got. And uh, Grievous uh, climbing around like a spider oh, <laughs> at that one, the one? Worst Part of it. That's the worst. The worst. Part of it. And also, call
1: back to us last time talking about how everybody in this series is an apprentice of somebody. I guess Grievous isn't technically, but he, of course, before the final fight, had to say, I've been trained to the Jedi arts by Count
0: Dooku. (laughs) It's
1: like, okay, (laughs) when?
0: I don't think we really have too much to touch on here. Uh, uh, Grievous does escape in his roly-poly device and then is chased by (laughs) Obi-Wan and the gecko. Um, But before we move on from here, I I do want to touch on uh, kind of the brief uh, interactions between Obi-Wan and Commander Cody, because I actually do really like the way they interact in this film and it makes the order 66 like impact like feel that much more darker um i just it seems like they have a good relationship and you can tell obi-wan and the rest of the jedis as a whole like really do have a good relationship with the clone forces
1: because i was gonna say i always thought it was just a bug in their programming but then at the end like the clones are with palpatine so i guess i was curious like how and the clones also go to the jedi temple to kill them so i guess i was curious like how long did the order 66 last like how long are they under palpatine's influence i I wasn't clear on that but i mean regardless of that i mean the order 66 stuff is pretty pretty well done i think
0: yeah we'll get get into that in a second but i i think the clones are like programmed basically just to follow orders without question and i think because Mm -hmm. palpatine is the supreme chancellor his orders like take precedent over anybody else's. So when he gives this command, they're just supposed to follow this order without questioning it, regardless of what they have from the Jedis. Yeah. Regardless
1: of what the answer is. Cause I always thought like, it was just, I can't even think of like, it's like, a, like what's the word? It's like, um, a sleeper cell. That's how I always interpreted it is that they're good people. But then whenever they hear order 66, that goes away and then they're just going to kill people. But again, of what it is the movie doesn't really tell us it doesn't do yeah. a great job of saying what the answer to that is so you know whatever you could move on
0: um okay so let's get into mace windu and palpatine um Ugh. anakin does eventually turn over palpatine to windu windu takes a small collection of jedi to go try and arrest him
2: so i know what the criticism is on this one how the other three jedi just get killed immediately i'm oh guessing my god it's i actually like i actually even... kind of like that though because it shows how
0: powerful palpatine is I agree. I agree with you. I agree with that. But it's
1: like, aren't all of these guys supposed to be Jedi Masters, though? So it's like, I agree yeah. that it's like it shows really quickly how powerful Palpatine is. But at the same time, the fact that one of them doesn't even swing his <laughs> lightsaber and basically just like opens his arms to get stabbed is, is like, uh, come on! Like you got to do a bit better than that.
0: What do you guys think of Palpatine uh, whirling out of his desk and like after well, I hate everything about it. <laughs>
2: Yeah, it's supposed to be some, like, Sith yell. I don't know where I read that at. It was, like, some, like, Sith yell thing where they twirl around and just, <laughs> like, scare their enemy. <laughs> so, it's funny because
1: we whenever we um, reviewed Return of the Jedi, or maybe it was even the Empire, because I was talking about how I had a hot take, which is that I don't like the Emperor. I hate that character. I think it's too silly. Everybody's like, oh, he's one of the best villains ever. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I think the guy's silly, not intimidating. Um, and, yeah. So I think what I've come to realize is that I hate the Emperor, but I think Ian McDiarmid or Ian McDermott, whatever his name is, however you pronounce it, um, I love him as Palpatine. I think he's great. But in this moment, the switch is flicked, and now he's playing the Emperor, and it's so goofy. Why is he groaning so much? (laughs) I don't know. He makes (laughs) the weirdest faces, too. Yeah. and, yeah, to make matters worse, no disrespect to them because they're older, obviously. But the fact that I guess they wanted to be able to use—it's like we talked about with um, Count Dooku last time. But it's like they wanted to use, like, close-up shots, and they wanted to have it actually be Sam Jackson and um, Ian McYarmid. It, it's not that intimidating. Once he kills the other Jedi that are there, it's a pretty slow fight that goes on for a little bit, and it's not exciting— um it certainly doesn't make either of them look that powerful (laughs) whenever they're fighting yeah so what do you guys think of that
0: um overall the fight held up better than i remembered it to but i do think it is the Mm -hmm. worst fight in this movie and i think the general grievous fight is only slightly ahead of this one
1: i'd
2: agree with that yeah
1: i think i agree with that personally
2: yeah I mean, as far as the chore- choreography, I'm not. Yeah, I kind of agree with you guys. It's almost. But, uh, it feels almost non-existent. It it feels like yeah. they're just like <laughs> swinging occasionally, and that was the choreography. Probably because Ian McDermott couldn't move; <laughs> he's too old. But uh, <laughs> but I mean, when at the you know at the end of the battle, whenever Mace Windu finally gets the best of him, that's supposed to show how powerful Mace Windu is. Yeah. Uh, but obviously, Anakin fucks that up for him. So
0: yeah, so Mace Windu is about uh is about to arrest Palpatine when Anakin shows up. Uh Palpatine feigns that he's injured and old and weak, and uh Windu says in order instead of taking him to stand trial he's just gonna kill him because he's too powerful. Um Anakin sees this and decides to save Palpatine instead. Um so let's get into do you guys think if Windu had agreed to let Palpatine stand trial, does Anakin turn to the dark side and and also do you think if Anakin goes to Utapu instead of Obi-Wan, does Anakin turn to the dark side?
1: I think only the scenario that played out in this movie is what makes him go to the dark side. I think if Anakin had been with Obi-Wan, if he had not been asked to spy and he had gone with Obi-Wan to Utapau, he wouldn't have turned. I think if Mace Windu decides to arrest him, he wouldn't have turned. Because Anakin turned him in. Anakin knew it was going to happen. He knew they were going to go there and arrest him. And he, I think Anakin was convinced... If he gets arrested, I can still hopefully find out how to save people. If he's alive, I can maybe still get that out of him, even if he's like in jail or something. Um, But the second the scenario becomes, I'm going to kill this guy because he's too powerful, I think that's when Anakin's like, I guess I have to do something because I need to know how to save people from dying. And it's kind of sad because it also calls back to the beginning of the movie. I mean, here is Mace Windu about to kill an unarmed prisoner, and... It kind of makes you think back. It's like, well, I mean, this is the Emperor. He is the Sith Lord. We know this guy isn't the Apprentice. He's the Sith Lord. Is it right to kill him? It's kind of interesting because we we kind of criticized Anakin earlier, but Mace is about to do the exact same thing, and Anakin stops him. Of course, with some great lines. He must stand trial. I need him.
2: No! (laughs) Then I, I Sam Jackson's famous scream.
0: Dude, I think it's <laughs> awesome. It's like
2: terrifying. Like yeah. this guy gets his hand cut off and then immediately gets electrocuted for
1: so long. Yeah. <laughs>
0: like, they also like do Palpatine that, Palpatine. they I also do through. that cartoonish electrocuting thing where you see the skull again, like they did yeah. in Return yeah. of the Jedi. Um yeah, but no, I did. I think as long as Palpatine is alive, Anakin turns to the dark side. Like even if he goes to Utapu and comes back, like, I think as long as Palpatine lives, he still finds a way to manipulate Anakin and get him into the dark side. I guess
1: if he goes to jail, though, I don't agree because I don't see how I guess maybe it's maybe I guess maybe it could have been one of those things. He goes to jail and then Palpatine convinces him to, like, let him go somehow escape. Who knows? You and could I also be, think
0: Mace Windu uh, makes a good point where he says Palpatine controls the entire Senate and there's no way he'd be found guilty.
2: Yeah, in the courts. Yeah, that's true. Also, oh, also we
1: got to talk about. So, what causes Palpatine to transform here? Is it just him using his powers so long? I think it's the use reason? of the dark side for so long.
2: Yeah, well, see, this it's this electric- is a weird. One. Well, the electri- le- electrocution was reflected back to him.
1: I guess that's what it was, right? Because he electric- was like deflecting it. So I guess that's what it was. Also,
0: but Windu doesn't, doesn't not remember. transform like that when he gets hit with it.
2: Well, like, it right. wasn't long enough, I guess. It was just going directly. You know? I don't also, know. weird <laughs> I don't
1: know. that every scene after this, Palpatine sounds relatively normal. But for some reason in this scene, his voice is completely like... Like a... What's the word? It's like, it sounds like a robot. It sounds like yeah, he's doing like Ben Affleck's like Batman voice. It's weird.
2: <laughs> it, he's literally the rest growling. of the movie, that's not there. You mean after he gets... Uh, yeah. After
1: Mace Windu dies and he gets up... He sounds like he's being auto-tuned. It's really, it's really bizarre. <laughs> uh, I, I guess I hadn't noticed that before. And then we get the scene. This is where things start to go downhill in the movie for me. Because this scene I see and I'm like... I just... <sighs> Look, I get Anakin's motivation. And it's tough. But it's like... It just feels so rushed. It's like Mace Windu just died. Anakin's clearly distraught. And then within like a minute, he's on his knees calling palpatine his master and agreeing to be a sith and then not only that like two minutes after that palpatine's like go kill all the jedi and he i just it, it's such a tough pill to swallow
0: it is very um, quick but i this is actually where i start to get on board like back on board with the movie because the utapu stuff really like turns me off for the movie um but then like i just i just find this stuff really interesting and i really yeah. like how you like you see the transformation not only on Palpatine's face because that looks awful, but also like in Anakin's face and his demeanor that you can tell that he's yeah. just fully after after killing Windu, he's fully now committed to the dark side. And I actually really like that transformation.
2: Well, you, yeah, you can just tell he's torn, like because he, he really regretted. You remember, he's like, "What have I done?" Like, he, you know, he still wants to be a good Jedi and follow the Jedi yeah. order, but at the same time, it's so embedded in his brain to save Padme that he's just gonna have to give all of his goodness up in order to do that so yeah yeah. it is sad also speaking of that a scene that
1: i didn't remember and it is a little bit cheesy but i thought it was really effective was the scene right before anakin leaves to go you know quote-unquote save palpatine it's where you know windu tells him to stay in the council chambers and he goes there and he's sitting in the room and then he just like then it cuts to padme like just like going about her day and then whether it's through like a force connection or just a moment, who knows, but she like looks out of their apartment. You can see the Jedi temple way in the distance. And then he kind of stands up and like walks towards like a window and like you can see the apartment way in the distance. And then just keeps cutting back and forth. The music's playing. It's really different music than what we're used to in star Wars. And then it cuts to Anakin. And he's just crying and you know what he's doing. He's like, I want to, I want Mace Windu to trust me. I want to do the right thing. I want Palpatine to go to jail, but all I can think about right now is her and she's going to die. So I got to go do something. And so, I mean, there's some really effective scenes in here emotionally, which I feel like this is like the first movie where we can say that. Cause I feel like there was almost devoid of emotion yeah. in the first two. No, movies, I, I do so. think
0: I do kind of agree with the critics. I do think this one does have uh, probably the best character development, um, maybe of the original trilogy as well, because the characters in the original trilogy don't really change a whole lot from where they were to where they end. So yeah luke skywalker goes from whiny farm boy to
1: whiny guy with a metal <laughs> uh,
0: yeah. okay no i so, think i
1: think you could be right i think you could be right
0: um okay so palpatine does dub anakin darth vader um and then darth he gives order vader. he gives order 66 <laughs> and sends anakin to kill the jedi and the clone soldiers begin executing their jedi leaders as well this montage is awesome yeah, yeah, I really like this montage, which is sad to say, but <laughs> this is one of the I mean, coolest it's montages sad, but in it's coolest so well done. Yeah. And I also do think because you have seen the relationship with Commander Cody, like I said earlier, I think it makes this montage more impactful when you see them, mm-hmm. like as you see, and it can you see Obi Wan come up uh commander cody gives him his lightsaber back and then Mm -hmm. two seconds later palpatine comes on and gives the order and there's not even any hesitation which i think is really effective like palpatine gives that order and cody just immediately commands his his soldier to shoot down obi-wan
2: yeah Yeah. it shows like how robotic they are yeah i think it's really effective yeah
1: and then all the scenes we get like multiple scenes of jedi like leading their clones in a fight and then just out of nowhere, just getting ambushed, getting shot down in a plane, getting shot down in a speeder, yeah. getting shot in the back. I mean, they didn't really hold yeah. back with some of this stuff.
0: Uh, so with Order 66, we also do have Anakin in the Jedi Temple, killing Jedis, but then also killing younglings.
1: Yeah, I mean, pretty pretty intense first job. I mean, the first job I had, I mean, the first couple days were just like, you know, setting up my email uh you know that kind of thing Anakin. well actually
0: the first couple of days were pushing carts because our first real job was all three of us working in a grocery store together i
1: know even my last Heck job yeah. it's like you just kind of spend the first few days just you know setting up an email account uh meeting people anakin's first job his first couple hours on the job as darth vader is um presumably probably decapitating children so it's a bit different just to be sure <laughs> so yeah it's i mean it's an effective scene again is this stuff rushed is it can i believe in any world that anakin would do this even after his actions in the last one not particularly i get he wants to save padme
0: women and children too (laughs) they're animals and i slaughtered
1: them like animals um but all that aside i do think the scene is effective of him walking in there and like the little kid who's like a worse actor than hayden christensen in the last movie he's like master skywalker there's too many of them what do we do and then uh just the lightsaber just pops out pretty like whoa even the kid like
0: his reaction is kind of like whoa shit (laughs) (laughs) so i was watching this with my wife who i hadn't seen this one in a while and she was like is he about to murder these kids and i was like yep and she was like dang this movie gets dark fast
2: yeah And what's fucked up about it, he just goes right back to Padme's house after, like, nothing happened.
0: I know. Yeah. Yeah. That
2: was kind of weird.
1: And she's sobbing because she sees the Jedi Temple's on fire. Then the 3PO walks over to confirm that he heard that, you know, last he heard that Anakin was at the Jedi Temple. So she just starts crying. It's like, oh, shit. And then he gets back and, yeah, yeah, already with the lies. (laughs) He's already playing, off. oh, I'm fine. Yeah, I wasn't even there. It's all good. How's our baby? (laughs) It's like, ugh, kind (laughs) of gross.
0: Well, let's now get into the third and final act of our prequel trilogy. Yoda confronts Palpatine (laughs) while Obi-Wan tracks down Anakin. Both sides duel resulting in Yoda's exile and Anakin's disfigurement and continued transformation into Darth Vader. Padme gives birth to Luke and Leia and the prequels catch up to the original trilogy. Yeah, so let's first just get into Mustafar really quick and Anakin killing the Separatist leaders. Um why does Palpatine order this? Like, I don't understand what the because these guys are technically on his side. So why wouldn't he just want them to be like his leaders or generals in the Galactic Empire?
2: Something with politics. Like th- there's, they're part of the Separatists, which he wants to wipe out the Separatists too. I guess even though he right, does. I guess yeah, you're right because I
1: guess he has to still have the people on his side.
2: So if he if the Separatists are
1: well, you know what? There you go. Because if the Separatists are wiped out, are wiped out, the war is over. The war is done. So then Palpatine, that's when he goes to the the Senate and is like, the Separatists are gone. The war is over. We are now all, there's no sides anymore. We are all the Galactic Empire. So there you go. That's Uh Empire starts back. So that's when it turns from the Republic to the Empire. Okay. And I love the line that Padme has whenever she's like, so this is how, what is it she said? God, I always say, I love this line that I'm always like. The people cheer (laughs) while
0: democracy dies or something like that.
2: No, she's like, yeah, 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 this is how liberty dies. Uh,
0: with thunderous with-
1: applause. Awesome line.
0: Um so let's get into Obi-Wan and Yoda sneaking back into the temple. We do have some a really sweet Yoda moment when they're fighting outside the temple and he just takes his saber and thrusts it point first into a, a clone soldier. It's so cool. Um and I also I think Obi-Wan has like a terrible reaction like just like performance-wise when he sees what Anakin's doing on tape. But uh, cuz he watches it for like 2 seconds and he's like I can't anymore. Turn it off. Um but I do like that Obi-Wan like has to see it to believe it. So Yoda tells him like, "Hey, don't look at that. You're not going to like what you see." And Obi-Wan like just he needs to do it to believe it because they both have a feeling that it's Anakin doing this stuff, but Obi-Wan has to physically see it for him to actually believe what his apprentice has done.
1: Yeah. I agree. The re- the reaction even though there is emotion there, it still feels like it's not enough. You think there would be a bit of a stronger reaction. But that being said, you know, it is what it is. Um, and then this leads into him going to talk to Padme, trying to find out where Anakin is. And then the final confirmation that I assume Obi-Wan's known for a long time, but this is where they do just straight up say like, Oh, Anakin's the father. I'm so sorry. And then he kind of sneaks aboard Padme's ship to go to Mustafar.
0: And uh, probably the worst performance in the entire movie from Portman here. Cause he says, Anakin's to be turned to the dark side, and she just goes, I don't believe you. I can't. <laughs> she
1: learned too much from Hayden Christensen in the last movie, I think.
0: Uh, and like I said, she's a good actress. I don't know what she was doing in this movie, though. Yeah. The money,
1: baby. You need that cash.
2: That's right. Oh, you need those golden right. credits.
0: Well, let's get into these final duels. We have Yoda confronting Palpatine, and we have Anna, We have Anakin and obi Doing a showdown in the lava pits of Mustafar.
1: Okay, so before we get into this, I want I want your guys's I want your guys's vague opinions. So we got two fights here. I want to know what your opinions are on both of them, but don't say which fight you're talking about. So I'll start. I think one of these fights is pretty cool, and one of them is terrible. Keith, what are your
2: thoughts? All right, one of these fights has some cool moments. Definitely some uh, Phantom Menace like moments. Mm-hmm. With the uh, fight choreography mixed in with some really dumb shit. (laughs) And then...
1: What about the other one,
2: Keith? And then the other one starts off pretty cool. Yeah, And also ends with some kind of some dumb shit. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right, Austin, your turn. Your turn. Um, I actually... I like
0: both of these fights. I think one is definitely better than the other one. Um, Okay. But overall both of these fights held up pretty well for me.
1: Interesting. All right, well let's break them down. Austin, where do we start?
0: Let's start with Yoda and Palpatine.
1: Mm. All right, yes. With Yoda just walking on into the room, force pushing those guys back against the yeah, wall. Yeah,
2: see. I like that part. Yeah, I like that part.
1: Yoda's very jovial in this scene for someone that is a Jedi master and he's he's watched all of his jedis die. A uh, little bit making jokes <laughs> to Palpatine, which is a little bit weird. Also, this scene—I don't know what happened in the scene—but they took the, there's two lines here, which I can't even quote because they're nonsensical. But they took the whole Yoda sp- speaking out of order in his sentences a bit too far. <laughs> there's one sentence that just ends with him saying "is," but when you when you hear it, you're like, "What's he talking about?" <laughs> like this is this is the only scene in any of Yoda's scenes in the entire franchise where it's unclear what he's saying <laughs> um, so yeah the yoda fight starts off pretty cool in terms of whenever they actually start fighting i like that he like gets caught off guard with a lightning and then pops up catches it and then yeah then the fight just kind of goes upstairs and it turns it into fighting all over this actual senate
0: yeah i really like that and i like yeah. i like that because of the way the senate's structured there's like multiple platforms because in attack of the clones whenever um dooku and uh yoda fight there's really no reason for her to be bouncing around like a fucking looney tunes character like there is in that like he is in that movie but in this one because of all of the platforms it makes sense why he's jumping around so much i think and i think it actually fits uh the setting really well it's way better i agree with that um it's also
1: cool that this fight the one thing i will give it is it's definitely while the obi-wan and anakin fight is certainly extremely focused on lightsaber ability This one's more about how long can you use the force for. This one's about your force ability. Like we see Palpatine use the lightning for extended periods of time and almost like pass out. We see Yoda have to hold the lightning for a long time. We see how like how many times they can actually force push these huge objects and stuff, which is pretty cool that they kind of did a fight different in that sense that focuses on the force. I just think it's just not particularly exciting. It's one of those things where we talk about the Phantom Menace, where at the end they kept cutting from the Darth Maul fight to like Jar Jar, like straddling the end of a tank and just moaning. Um, this one in the Owen and Anakin fight, they keep cutting to this one, and I always was like, ah, I'll go back to the other one. Um, it ends, and it also it ends in just a way that I don't know what's happening. This fight ends, and yo like, Palpatine almost dies. He's dangling off the edge of this thing. And Yoda just lands on the bottom. He's totally fine. And he just goes, I have failed. <laughs> and, he's yeah. like, and then he's like, I have to exile myself. And if I was Organa, I would have been like, what happened? He's like, his answer would have basically been, uh, he just, you know, he was dangling off something and I, I fell on the ground and I had to get out of there. What? <laughs> it's so, I just don't understand it. <laughs> so kind of a weird moment. But yeah, that, those are my thoughts on this fight.
0: Okay, well, let's now get into Obi and Anakin's fight on Mustafar. Um, before this fight starts, though, Padme does fly to Mustafar and confront Anakin. He accuses her of, having, of Obi having turned her against him, and then he force chokes her. Uh, Padme doesn't Crazy. like what she's... Yeah, out of nowhere. Um, but Padme doesn't like what she's seen Anakin become and says that she won't be a part of it.
2: Well, it, it shows how, how screwed up Padme is, too. Because she's already knows at this point he's killed younglings. And she says, let's get away. Let's leave this all behind. Yeah. The, the, the last part there. So she was okay with him killing younglings.
1: She still doesn't care about this stuff. Um, Honestly, at this point, I don't really care. The scene isn't good. Like we've talked about, all the Anakin and Padme stuff is terrible. Yeah. All the dialogue's garbage. Him choking her is like, I get this guy's on the dark side now. But again, this is like his first day. Seems like a bit of a bit of a move, it seems a bit of out of the realm of possibility, especially if this is the only reason he's on the dark side. Um, and also, can we talk about how, in this scene, he's already talking about ruling the
0: Empire. It's like, yeah, huh? Yeah, that's yeah. weird. He wants. says he wants Nowhere. them to rule it together.
1: It's like, I didn't know that was a possibility. I didn't know that's what we wanted <laughs> in
0: I agree with you guys that this scene is very dumb. It has very dumb moments. However, there is something dumber coming up, and it's just a shot. Yeah. But it, while, while Anakin is choking Padme, it then pans to Obi-Wan standing on the ramp of the ship with his hands on his hip and his like, cape. He's doing forward. the Superman. And it's yeah, the dumbest the looking movie. thing I've ever seen. My <laughs> wife and I both audibly laughed out loud when we saw this play out on screen. I'm so
1: excited. All right. Well, guys, let's just get into this because we've been holding off too long. We haven't done enough quotes in this episode, in my opinion. So... Let me guys, let me give you a little bit of how the next uh, scene goes whenever Obi-Wan walks down. You have allowed this dark lord to twist your mind until now. Until now, you've become the very thing you swore to destroy. Don't lecture me, Obi-Wan. I see through the lies of the Jedi. I do not fear the dark side as you do. I have (laughs) brought peace, freedom, (laughs) justice. Insecurity to my new empire. Your new empire. (laughs) Don't make me kill you, Anakin. My allegiance is to the Republic, to democracy. If you're not with me, then you're my enemy. Only a Sith deals in absolutes. I will do what I must.
0: You will try. Uh, All right, let's get into the duel. Let's break it down. What are your favorite parts of this fight?
1: What I just did is the best
2: part of this fight.
0: (laughs) I do do think Uh, the best part of this fight is the beginning when they're just fighting on the platform and saber dueling.
2: Yeah, the beginning and the end. But I think there's two parts in here that are just straight up dumb. And the first one is whenever it's right in the middle of the fight. They both just start twirling their lightsabers around at the same time. I, I kind of like it, actually. even like slashing at each other at all.
0: <laughs> I kind of like it. I'm not gonna lie, I like it. They I both just—they cool. both. I mean, it was cool, but it was just like, what was the point?
2: <laughs> yeah,
1: what's the other? Part I think
0: I like? think the dumber moment is when they both try to force push each other. But they just stand that there with their second, hands yeah. inches apart from each other, and then just like explode backwards. <laughs> uh, yeah, I thought that was kind
1: of cool. <laughs> um, yeah. So. This fight clearly is what they were building towards. This is something we've known basically since the first movie that they fought at some point. Um, so there's certainly buildup in history. <sighs> I think it could have been cooler. I think it could have been better. I think when we have a fight like the Darth Maul fight, you want all the fights to be like that. When you, whenever you have so many like bland fights up until this point in the movie, I think we were kind of expecting something cool here. When I was a kid, this fight was so cool. I think ultimately what it comes down to is it just seems too choreographed. Whenever it cuts to their faces, there's like no emotion on their face. They're just, they look like they're in their head. They're thinking about what move to make next. Yeah, I was going to say. I think it shows. And also, I get, like Anakin's new, so I get why he doesn't have the red lightsaber. But as weird as it sounds, I honestly think at least having a different color lightsaber might have made some scenes more... um, Dramatic. I think it's cool the idea of like you know, people like two lightsaber, two blue lightsabers clashing isn't something that would happen very often. But just to have a little bit of like dynamic, like something visually different there. I think might have been better because. And it's also when you think about it, think about the Darth Maul fight. You have an older um guy like Qui Gon who fights a bit slower, but he fights more strategically. And you have a young Obi Wan that just fights really frenetically. And then Darth Maul, who has a double-sided lightsaber that's fighting two people at once. Whereas here, it's basically like two people of similar skill level doing similar strikes and blocks just really quickly. And so at times it does get a little bit, I think, overwhelming in terms of like, you kind of just start going like,
0: eh. Well, that's it why they insane. added in some platforming.
1: I think, I, I think you're probably onto something <laughs> there. I think the reason why there's so many different like Arenas, if you want to call it that, in this fight is because they quickly realized these guys are kind of the same skill level. Yeah. So it's like they're kind they're of kind of doing the same thing. Yeah,
2: they're never going to beat one of one or the other. Yeah. You know, yeah. Without uh making it interesting with well, the lava. What about whenever they
1: were swinging on the on the rope and they did that cool lightsaber slash?
2: Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. And we're we're laughing here, but I, I actually I do still like both of these simultaneous duels um i really like how they're like multi-leveled and you go through like a lot of different like rooms and different scenery while they're fighting um and I, I do think there are some pretty good like force moments too with both yoda and palpatine and anakin uh and obi-wan and then also i like that uh there's a lot of wide frame shots in here so they don't do like they don't do too much of that like facial close-ups on them so you can actually see the choreography and it plays out better on screen i think than it did in attack of the clones for sure
1: i agree with that yeah i agree with that and then we get to the end
0: Obi-Wan gains the high ground, he cuts off Anakin's legs, and Anakin rolls back into the lava. And his other arm.
1: And his other arm. He somehow... I'm trying to get like my I need my protractor to figure out how he did this. In <laughs> one strike, he cuts off Anakin, both his legs and the arm that isn't a mechanical arm. It's a pretty good strike, I guess. Pretty effective. Yeah. Um. And then, yeah, Anakin just hits the ground pretty quick like a fucking sack of potatoes. <laughs> yeah. And Obi-Wan leaves him for dead. So, this one has one terrible quote, which is the, uh, it's so Anakin, I have the high ground. And then it just closes up with Anakin. You underestimate me my power. <laughs> uh, so that one's not so good. I do, however, really like um, the scene where Obi-Wan's like, you know, you were the chosen one. You were supposed to destroy this if not join them. And then Anakin just, like, really kind of unexpected, but really yeah i mean a lot of uh, emotion there just tells him he hates him and then we get the you are my brother anakin i loved you and yeah man i think it's a good cap off and obviously as we learn later obi-wan thinks anakin dies here um, but he doesn't
0: yeah i think uh the performance ewan gives in this scene alone i think he delivers his lines really well and you can see just the grief like all like all over his face when he's like forced to kill or what he thinks is killing Anakin. Um, and then tells him like, like you said, you know, you're the chosen one. Um, I, I really like everything Ewan does in this scene.
1: But yeah, he did not die. Anakin weirdly catches on fire. And then the screen, the screams here are truly just like, Oh, like hard to listen to. But then I guess the fire just goes out at some point. <laughs> Cause then he just starts crawling up the hill and he's like, you know, not on fire anymore. So I was like, I forgot about that.
0: All right. So this movie does have a lot of like, like cleanup closing shots. Basically Um, Palpatine comes and saves uh, Anakin and, you know, puts him in the Vader suit. Um, Padme gives birth to Luke and Leia and Obi-Wan and Yoda divide up this, the twins. Um, And I do think this movie should have ended when you get the first Vader breath I think it should have just cut to the black there and the credits had rolled. I think that would have been so cool, but it doesn't. It takes forever to it takes forever <laughs> to end. Instead, we get a funeral <laughs> for Padme on Tatooine. We get the Empire starting construction on the Death Star, and then we get Luke and Leia being delivered to their new respective homes.
1: Right. And we also get the scene where basically Obi Wan and Yoda confirm like what they're going to do. Yoda going into exile. There's a deleted scene where he lands on Dagobah, and then Obi Wan is also going to go into exile but he's also going to simultaneously watch over Luke because Senator Organa is going to take Leia.
0: And Yoda tells him he has to train while he's in exile cuz he's learned cuz Qui-Gon has learned a way to communicate from death.
2: I was saying hopefully this is something we'll see in the Obi-Wan series. I think we are.
0: I think
1: we need to yeah. because this is yeah. like the worst example to me of like a I don't want to see this at all. Show. Because it's just so weird. It's like, I feel like, like what we talked about earlier, I feel like a scene of Liam Neeson back in some form, just as like the Force Ghost, um, would have been better. And so, is the implication here that Qui Gon is the first Jedi to figure out how to become, you know, the Force Ghost,
0: basically? Yeah, I think so. I guess so.
1: Which is kind of interesting. Um, yeah, Yeah, I feel like we should have seen him instead of us just being told it, it was a bit odd
0: before we get to the credits rolling um i do want to say i think it's so funny that they decide all right we're gonna send leia to live in royalty but hey what yeah. are we gonna do with luke i don't know let's send him to live in poverty on tatooine <laughs> like it's just yeah. so funny
1: i was kind of sad about that too
0: yeah <laughs> yeah that kind of sucks
1: but um yeah, I mean, none of this would have happened if Padme hadn't died for literally no reason. I mean, that robot literally says that uh she's fine medically. She's totally fine, but she's lost the will to live, which is just code for George Lucas was just tired that day while writing <laughs> and was just like, "I'll just literally not give a reason for her dying." It's so odd. I mean, couldn't they have? They could have been anything here. You could yeah. have just had her like, like
2: poisoned her or something like that. Yeah. yeah,
1: and then just she has complications. Instead, she's totally fine. <laughs> What do you guys think really- about
0: Palpatine telling Vader that he killed her? And you get the worst oh, no ever in the history of cinema. Oh,
2: yeah. Well, I think yeah. him, telling him telling him was pretty cool because Palpatine is cl- clearly happy to tell him he was smiling. So uh, so that just shows you the, the, the shittiness of that guy. <laughs> did Palpatine somehow kill her through the force? Did he somehow ensure that she died, maybe? I don't know.
0: Let's not give any credit any, any credit to George <laughs> Lucas here. He just was lazy. Okay, that's what I'm day, I was saying. It would have
2: been cooler to like have Palpatine poison her or something like that. That way it would actually make sense. Yeah. That would have been more it interesting. But no, yeah. that's it not is, what it happened. It is sad, too, because, um, <laughs> like, Vader,
1: I mean, well, I guess I should say, Anakin only went to the dark side for her. And it is, I mean, kind of like a, like a final punch in the gut. Especially after the fact that he's now been totally disfigured. He has to live inside this suit, basically. It's like that final... A uh, stab that he everything that he did this for is for nothing. Like according in his um, estimation, Padme and his child, because he didn't know they were twins, just died. Um, and now I feel like that scene of him walking up to Tarkin and Palpatine and just standing there, look at the Death threat and crossing his arms is kind of just a, supposed to visually show that he's not totally interested in this, but. He has nothing else to live for at this point. Like, he can't go back to the Jedi. He can't reach out to Obi-Wan. He has no Padme. He doesn't have a child. So, I guess I'll just do this. It's kind of the way I took it.
2: Yeah, that's pretty much the way I took it, Did too. you guys know that yeah. it
0: is um, Hayden Christensen in the suit?
1: Yeah, I remember that from behind the scenes. Obviously, yeah. they brought James Earl Jones back to do the voice, but...
0: He, um, like, uh, begged Anakin's George suit. Lucas to put him in the suit and uh he apparently was so short that he can only see through the mouth hole of the suit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's funny <laughs> funny to picture. But um it still looked cool, I thought. I mean, Yeah. I agree with you. Except for the, the no, the no is, when he does
0: the no yeah. it looks terrible.
1: The no is bad, but I do love the construction of that scene. It's like he's told that everything that he was fighting for is gone and then without even like, you know, putting his hands up, just through his sheer force ability just getting angry the entire room just starts to like like impact it like collapse in on it on itself and Palpatine just smiling in the background was like I did love that. I thought that was great.
0: Alright. Well we made it through the prequels. Congratulations, Ooh. my friends. And now let's get into our awards segment. Um, nice. If anyone's new this week, uh, our awards is a is a, my favorite portion of the show. Um, we do awards for what we've talked about. It can literally be for anything. Um, any award we give here does physically get sent out to the recipients. we Will all kick us off this week for the awards ceremony? I'm going to give the best zombie cosplay award to Ian McDermott as Palpatine after <laughs> uh, he gets after he transforms from killing Mace Windu. The way he's moaning and groaning, <laughs> you could be a zombie, my yeah. friend.
1: Gosh, that was a beautiful look. He looked terrible. His, he- like, his whole head scene became like terrible. a butt. Like like the middle of it, there was like a part. Ugh, it was pretty gross. Keith, do you have something grosser or are you going a different route with your award?
2: I'll go a little bit different route. The, uh, the Best Brothers Award. Goes to Chewbacca and his brother Tarful. <laughs> one <Born> Kashyyyk. <laughs> Tarful. <laughs> you
1: know, what a weird... Why was Chewbacca in this? I mean, you could have had just that one Wookiee. There actually he was, was, really was going to be a years.
0: young Han Solo, too. A 10-year-old yeah. Han Solo. And I cut that
1: out? Yeah. Who,
0: for some reason, was on Kashyyyk.
1: <laughs> yeah, I guess the idea is he grew up with the Wookiees. I don't know. I'm glad that was
0: cut. But Chewbacca yeah. being there, also weird.
1: But at least, you know, it's good that he was in it, because now he gets an award. So there you go.
0: All right, Matthew, take us home. Close out our award ceremony. What you got for us?
1: I'm going to be giving the Geico Employee of the Month Award. I'm giving it to the Gecko on Udapa, who <laughs> I always loved growing up. I loved seeing that Gecko that Obi-Wan wrote in the, Ge- in the Geico commercials. I always thought he was so charismatic that it made sense to me why they then cast him in this movie as the Gecko. Um, and I thought he gave a great performance. I mean, pretty emotional. I think he was pretty convincing. And I liked watching you, McGregor,
0: put a saddle on him and ride him. The gecko in this movie probably gets more pop on our show than it did in the actual film.
1: <laughs> oh, without a doubt. Without a doubt. That's what we're about.
0: All righty. Well, everybody, thank you so much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure you subscribe so you never miss an episode and you can join us every single week. Also, if you wouldn't mind sharing us with a friend, we really would appreciate that so we can continue to grow the show. At The Arnie's is our social and the is the website. We'll be back next week with our debate on the best movie scores.
1: And everybody out there, feel free to reach out to us on Instagram, at the Arnies, Send us a DM. Let us know your thoughts on what we've been up to. What are your thoughts on Star Wars? What are your favorite games? We talked about that last week. What are your favorite movie scores for the week coming up? Yeah, you know, just DM us. Let us know what your thoughts are, and we'll be happy to read it on the show. Uh, Yeah, there you go. That's what I got for you.
0: All right. Bye, everyone. We'll see you next week. Do
2: it. Do it.